got a lump sum to invest and you made no additions and you made no withdrawals, it makes absolutely no difference when you earn returns because you're going to earn the same total amount of return regardless of the order of returns. Well, what happens if it doesn't quite work out that way? Stay with us and find out. Money Matters USA with Fred Sage. And you also need to work with your advisor to create multiple income streams. You're at the right place for information every week regarding all the components of a successful retirement plan. Asset allocation is really a driving force for how much your accounts are going to grow. Fred Sade is a financial fiduciary and retirement specialist. I have to put the client's interest ahead of my own pocketbook at, at all times. I must be able to justify why I'm making the recommendations. Money Matters USA with Fred Sade. Fred Sade. Welcome into the podcast. It's Money Matters USA with Fred Sade. Fred Sade is the founder and managing director of the firm Money Matters USA, uh, fiduciary in the financial services industry for over 25 years. And Fred holds a PhD in economics from Duke University. Fred is what I like to call a retirement specialist, and he looks at it on this podcast from all angles. Fred, how are you today? I'm terrific. How are you? Good and belated happy birthday. And you made me a little hungry Thank talking you. about uh, <laughs> your your meal uh, at at Berta's, which is yeah. uh, man, I hadn't been there, but that looks good. That looks delicious. Yeah. Out, outstanding, uh, authentic Italian food. And uh, if anybody's in New Jersey and uh, and northern or central part of the state, it's absolutely worth a, a visit. This is a free plug for Berta's. There you go. Free plug. <laughs> free plug for Berta's. Got to give props to the good food. Oh, here. yeah. <laughs> yeah, ab- ab- absolutely. A, a good quality food is, uh, is not so easy to find. And no, when you find not. it, you have to appreciate it. You got to appreciate it. You got to love it. Absolutely. You know, you, you what we're talking about here on, on sequence of risk returns and on the podcast topic today, you said something interesting off air, and it really got me thinking. What if we got paid just a lump sum? Like, are, are you going back to like when we first start working and we're yeah. just given, hey, here's a lump sum? Yep. Yeah, all the money that you're ever going to earn over your entire working lifetime, here it is. I would That yeah. would be dangerous. It would have been for me in my 20s. Well, yeah, but <laughs> let, let's, say, let's say we're responsible. Okay, let's, let's assume we'll, that. We'll, we'll, we'll assume that. Okay. And, uh, and you get to invest it in a lump sum. The problem is we, we don't get all the money we're ever going to earn. It's it's always, we earn it as we go, mm-hmm. and we invest piecemeal. So because we do that, the the timing of, of when we uh, earn, when our, when our portfolios are up, and when the portfolios are down, all that timing is, is very important. Now, people tend to ignore that especially the buy and hold investor who assumes that time will cure all ills. And so I don't have to worry uh, about this. But when you are close to retirement or you're even entering the retirement, first few years become very important 
let's see why that's true. Yeah, the first, because I mean you're you're adjusting your risk or maybe readjusting your risk at that yeah, point. Yeah, absolutely. You? Now, if you're looking at the value of your portfolio, it's two things you have to bear in mind. Number one is what's the performance of my portfolio? In other words, what's the market doing to me? Or what hopefully what you're doing to the market. You're not fighting the market. You're giving taking from the market what the market's going to give you. The other thing is your withdrawals. So what happens if the market goes down for an extended period of time? Or suppose we get a very sudden drop as we as happened over the last two years. And you're taking funds out of the market because your withdrawal rate for income is totally dependent on your portfolio, but the market is going down. Yeah. Well, what happens when that occurs? So just to make the math real simple, I've assumed, and this is just an assumption, mm -hmm. a $10,000 portfolio. Okay. Suppose, to make it even easier, you're taking out $1,000 a year and you earn 10% in year one. Year two, you take out $1,000 and once again, you earn 10%. Mm -hmm. Year three, you take out $1,000, but the market has a 10% drop. Okay. So in year four, your portfolio at the beginning of year four is only worth $8,000. Okay, let's see. Let me go through that uh, because yeah. I'm trying to wrap my mind around it. Okay. You start with ten thousand. You right. take out. You earn ten percent first year. You take a thousand out. It's kind of a wash right. there, right? You think, all right, yeah. all right, broke even. Uh, year two, you earn yeah. ten percent. You take out another thousand. Boom. Year three, you still take out a thousand, but the market drops ten percent. So yeah. basically, you've lost two thousand dollars. That's exactly right. You lost the ten percent, and you took the thousand out. Is that it? That, that's exact. That is exactly right. And 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 this is an, this is a very important lesson in how the the math works because it's counterintuitive. Some people, you know, if you were doing a test, one of the answers would would be no loss at all. Right. <laughs> sure. From on, on the but, surface, it looks like that. That's exactly right, but it doesn't work that way. Now, suppose the returns happen in the reverse order. In other words, you're negative. You take out the 10% and you have a 10% loss in year one. Okay. So the market is now up 10% in year two. It's up 10% in year three. And you're still, ta you're still taking out $3,000. So what's your portfolio worth? Well, Surprise, surprise, the, the portfolio is now worth $7,580. Right, okay. Yeah, the reason for that is you can't make up for the loss in, in the first year. Right, right, which so, is why it's so important to have different risk strategies in that's retirement. That's exactly right. Yeah. That, that's, that have, yes, that, that's why, you know, when we're, we're always talking about having different streams of income so that if one stream or one source is down, another stream, you know, would, would be up or, or could be up. 
but you're not totally dependent uh, on on a portfolio and your withdrawals are totally dependent on on the market now the next the next issue that I took I took a look at a little research and so what I'm interested in is when has the market been down two or three years consecutively okay. so Here's what I found. I don't know if, if if this is complete or incomplete, but I found it was down between 1929 and 1932, between 1939 and 1941, between 1973 and 74, and 2000 to 2002. That's two consecutive years of negative returns. So why is this important? Well, because if you are market dependent and you're approaching retirement or you're in retirement and you're totally dependent on that market, that portfolio for income, you, that's going to impact your, the, the total amount of money that you have, given that you're not altering your withdrawal rate. So in other words, let's say let's take another simple a couple of simple examples here. Let's say you retired in the year 2000. Okay. And your portfolio was 100% in the stock market. And I have clients like that. That's okay. Now, there's no way that, that you could predict, unless you had an incredible crystal wall, <laughs> that you're going to have three consecutive years of a negative market. So I worked out another example three consecutive years. So, I made up somebody who's 65 years of age, has a $1 million portfolio, is married, and the husband is the primary investing uh, person in the family. The wife keeps the checkbook and, and the family and, and all the social events, but he does the investing. Mm -hmm. and he doesn't really consult her. Very typical scenario, wouldn't you say? In most cases, in many, yeah. Yeah. Now, he's done some reading on the Internet, and he's learned about Bill Bengen. So he's decided that he's going to take 4% a year plus an additional 3% to pace inflation. Bill Bengen, the 4% rule guy. Right. Mm -hmm. So in year one, he's he needs $40,000. Okay. 4% of $1 million. Now, we have three consecutive negative years, and he's taking out 40,000 plus 3%, 40,000 plus, plus, now it's 6%, 40,000 plus 9%, and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. so, when, so what's the million-dollar portfolio worth at the end of year three? Well, it's only worth a little over half a million dollars. He's lost 50 percent wow. of the value 50 of, of the portfolio. So let's say the market rebounds in 2003, which it did. So how much did this portfolio benefit? Well, it doesn't benefit that much because you're only, you're, your boomerang effect, your rebound effect, it's on, it's on half a million dollars and not on a million plus. Good point. Yeah, right. Same, right. same portfolio. Yeah, um, You'd have to have much higher percentages. Yeah. 
That's that's absolutely right. And now 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 you get into uh, areas that are just impossible uh, to to sustain, even if if you not only got the S and P. And some investors will buy dividend stocks in the S&P, so they think they're going to get all those dividends. Well, what are, what's the S&P dividend stocks paying right now? About 1.3%. All right. So that, that doesn't give you uh, all, all that much uh, on top of depending on what your withdrawal rate is going to be. So I pushed this portfolio out. No change. In 2008, same portfolio, uh -oh. when the market dropped, the portfolio dropped another 37%. So by age 75, 10 years later, this portfolio, even with rebounding and whatnot, is only worth half a million dollars. It's still worth that half million. He started with that's a million. A, that's, that's right. Oh. So what, what, are we, what are we really learning uh, from this, if if the sequence of risk return is negative in the early years, it's impossible for this portfolio to recover. And by age 85, again, no change, buy and hold guy, the best that this portfolio could do is about 650000 Now, that's probably enough for uh, the husband and, and wife to get by, to make out. But they don't have any money uh, in the event that they have long-term care needs, which they're right. likely to have, but it's 70, 72% of, of couples age 65 are going to have uh, long-term care needs. And that is a very expensive proposition. So if, uh, let's say, Let's say we, we go with the absolute averages and say he he's a, he has long-term care expenses for two and a half years and dies. That that's that's over two hundred thousand dollars off off that six fifty. Let's say that the wife then needs long-term care and she she lives three and a half to four years. So it's another four hundred thousand plus. So there's there's the portfolio. There it is. It's gone. So we didn't. Yeah, we didn't. Yeah, uh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, perhaps the, your fictitious man should have let his wife handle that and and he write the checks because what that could have worked. What could he have? <laughs> and I know in the second segment, well, I tell you what, let's. This is a good point because you presented a challenge and a scenario. Let's look, let's reverse that scenario and we'll do that when we come back and it's going to have better results, I think. Plus, I've got a couple of uh, financial history questions for you based on your look back at the markets and at least two years of negative growth. All that's coming up on the podcast, Money Matters USA. ever feel like you are fighting for financial knowledge you can get a copy of our hot off the press 401k survival guide or take advantage of a complimentary consultation valued at over 999 dollars contact fred sade at money matters usa 800-593-8188 800-593-8188 
Hey, welcome back in. It's Money Matters USA. It's a podcast about retirement, but overall finances, too. They always factor into the equation. Fred Sade is the founder and managing director of Money Matters USA. He's a financial fiduciary. Fred also contributes to many uh, financial publications and websites, and he can help you in your financial pathway to retirement. We're, we're looking at sequence of risk returns, and, and you know, you, you mentioned the fictitious uh, – uh, gentleman or married couple, really, they had a million dollar portfolio and he was following the Bingen, the Bill Bingen, the rule of thumb of withdrawing 4% each year, plus an additional 3% to keep pace with inflation. And then you looked historically, that was a fictitious scenario, but did, you did really look at real, real, real market events and right. creating that scenario. And, right. you know, at the end of the day, and by the age of what eighty five, he was only worth about six hundred fifty thousand. That million dollars that dropped to that, and you accurately pointed out, then you know that's living expenses. But also, if they need long term care, uh, how it could really just wipe out that portfolio. Let, can you look at then a reverse on that? Let's sure. say he'd done what if he'd done differently. What what could he have done differently? Well, first first of all, uh, if if the if the sequence of risk had occurred later in the retirement, say it occurred years five or six, seven, mm-hmm. it wouldn't have had as much impact because he would have had earnings and gains in the earlier years, and he would have had enough money to have value from the uh, rebound uh, effect uh, when when the market clears. So, I mean, you. You you'll get people. I think this is a wish that I that I I'm never in favor of this. But you have some people who are wishing that the market will that Wall Street will have a correction because they, they, what they really are saying is they want to get that rebound and and be able to enjoy you know the ride up uh-huh. and and that's that's what they're that's what they're hoping for. But that can be a very very you know dangerous. Uh, very dangerous thing, and and if if you read John Kenneth Galbraith's the great the great crash of 1929, he documents yes, photo photos of the uh, Wall Street Journal and the New York Times uh, calling you know for when it, when is the market going to crash? Like they were cheerleading a market crash, and after the market crashes a month later, they say, well, when uh, well this is longer than we expected. Mm. When is this going to? Come back, yeah, right? <laughs> it, it didn't quite work that, yeah. that way. We we had you know two two year, two terrible years, and um, uh, once the New Deal's well, the New Deal, uh, po- the original New Deal policies didn't work. They made the depression worse. Well, because so that, Rose- that was actually a question I had because you were given those years, and I well, I knew what you meant when you said nineteen twenty nine to thirty two, yeah, thirty nine to forty one. That took yep. me aback a little bit. And then did our entering World War II really totally yes. blow the death knell yeah. to the uh, Depression? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, what absolutely. happened those years, though, from 39 to 41? Well, what what you had were the impact of, of uh, increased The, the New Deal. Is that what you were talking increase, about? Yeah. With, okay. The New Deal taxes and regulation. Uh, the... And and then you had uh, you had you had uh, really um, a 
what really amounted to the, the you had a recovery and we had a second depression, but nobody wanted to call it that. I so see. <laughs> yeah. called it a recession. Well, that's why we stopped saying depression because they we made yeah. that too scary. And that used to be yeah. the softer term before the that's, depression. <laughs> well, that's, that's right. That, under, you know, the, the, uh, they call them the, panics before that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, and you know, the, uh, the great, Re the great recession, it wasn't a recession. We had a depression during the Obama years. Uh, you know, was euphemistically called the great recession, as you point out. Well, you know, it was that the great recession. Me. That's my, that's okay. Because all right, we called them panics. And then yeah. depression was a softer term, but then that was so severe, we stopped saying depression. So then we call them recessions, and then with uh, Tem temporary aberrations. <laughs> oh yeah, oh eight oh nine was the great recession because it was better than your average ordinary recession. But were we really? Was that a depression? No, it was no, not uh, a depression. The 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 yeah the Obama the Obama presidency uh, presided over. You know, over, over well, that's what I was wondering. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, it started yeah. before oh, before George W. Bush left office, and then right. with Obama coming in, it was you know still into that. So we're in two administrations, but were we was that depression? Sure, that Absolutely. was a depression. Okay. Oh yeah, I mean, it, we just didn't it, want to it, call it that. No, uh, two <laughs> generations ago, it would have been called depression. Yeah. Right, exactly. When that was still but, a softer, but not, but yeah, but, but not, but not now. Uh, and <laughs> now, now it's just uh, yeah. The, the solutions seem to be the same, uh, and, and they don't they don't seem to, you know, it, it's pretty much the same uh, solutions that were done during the Obama administration. Yeah, and then um, uh, Actually, the, the the Trump administration also printed an awful lot of money. So and, you're getting uh, your dog depressed now, Fred. Talk no, no, that, that's my daughter's dog. Oh, it's, you're getting your daughter's dog depressed. She, she wants to she wants to go out and play ball. She, she, this, this dog can this dog can catch a fly ball. Really? I mean, yeah. And any you know any minor baseball team that, that needs a good center fielder it's just right. so, so it's available <laughs> let's get her on a farm team well yeah. now uh, back to the fictitious couple because you had laid it out where I, and i guess it would not just maybe in what they did or could have done differently but also if the market had had acted uh, behaved a little better they could have ended up by age 85 instead of with only six hundred fifty thousand with 2.7 million that's right that's right, and this this would have and that with the, this is essentially with the same portfolio. The only difference is when the the down markets uh, occurred. Now that's that's trusting quite a bit to uh, to luck, and and there are you know some very practical things that people can do to um, reduce the impact of, of sequence of risk and also to to protect themselves. I mean, when, when a boxer steps into the ring, the instruction is protect yourself at all times. Mm -hmm. and, and that includes walking back to your corner. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's and, and the same thing really applies to investors. So uh, people don't first of all, people don't really understand what what their withdrawal rate is and i mean it, it's basically 
you know, what, what, is your, what is your monthly expenses? Multiply that by 12, divide that by the total value of your portfolio, and that, folks, is your withdrawal rate. Now, if you don't like that number, or you say, I'm not sure I can live on that mm -hmm. number, you know, then, then you have to address the problem. You either have to increase your, the amount of assets that you have, right. or you have to be real smart about how you use those, those assets, as well as being very clear about what your budgeting is, what you're going to spend money on, uh, and, be, and, and, and understand uh, the direction that, that you have to go. Well, first of all, limiting, limiting your 100% dependence on, on, on the market. Now, you, you, can do, you can do bond ladders. And these are often misunderstood, but they need to be intermediate bonds uh, so that these are throwing off income. They have a maturity. And as each bond matures, you go out for a longer duration so that you're trying to capture the, the higher return. So that if, if, you're first, if your first bond is, is a five to seven year, your next bond might be, might be eight, nine or ten and, and so on. But, but you don't. You don't you don't go from intermediate to short short term. That doesn't accomplish anything. The short term interest rates are going to going to be lower, and especially when we have these inverted yield curves, um, and and we I can't get into that in, in this conversation. It would take too much time. But but these these bond ladders can be done. They're expensive. They are time consuming. And uh, you're always looking at, at your current rate versus yield to maturity. So you're, you're, you're looking at the interest rates and, and seeing if that's going to be good uh, for bonds. Right now, bonds are yielding to 2.3%. Uh, Not enough to live on, but it does uh, uh, offset some equity uh, risk. Uh, another, another suggestion that I'd like to make is doing partial withdrawals, partial rollovers or withdrawals from 401k plans and putting them into an income annuity. And, and this will take tremendous pressure off the portfolio because when, you, when, when the market is adverse and against you, uh, you can then take money uh, from the uh, annuity. Now, these can be you know, medium-term annuities, uh, five to seven years, but, the, but they're paying out their their income uh, to you, and uh, if there's a two or three year offset in the market, uh, the, you, you're now you're not now making withdrawals uh, or make, uh, from from the uh, portfolio. So this this is something doing partial uh, withdrawals, partial rollovers uh, makes makes a lot of sense, uh, and it's not, not necessarily it's a one time thing because there will be. Uh, times where, where that market is going to be adverse to you. The second thing is, and, uh, and it's implicit in what I just said, is, is that limiting your withdrawal rate from the portfolio so it's less than 70%. And, and anytime it's, it's above 70%, that, that is a red flag waving. It's very, very dangerous for all the reasons that we're, that we're talking about. Uh, income annuities uh, make a lot of sense, and, and using fixed income uh, annuities, the, the fees are, are extremely low to non-existent uh, in, in these products. People confuse these with variable annuities that do have uh, fee structures, but, but they don't apply uh, to income annuities and fixed income annuities. And you're looking at the withdrawal rate. I mean, if, if I can take a 65-year-old man uh, and give him a 6.7% withdrawal rate, 
uh, from an annuity, where, where, where exactly are you going to get that on, in, in a, at a risk-free rate? And that's what we're looking at. What is the risk-free withdrawal rate? Because that's how you're, men uh, how you're evaluating uh, a, an investment, even an income investment. How much does it give you above the risk-free rate? Well, there's no risk. Uh, whatsoever uh, in these uh, in these products, and they will pay you uh, out the uh, income. And if you have a longer duration uh, product, even if you exhaust the uh, amount of money that's in the uh, bucket, uh, it's going to pay you based on longevity or mortality credits that we have talked about uh, previously. But that's where initially it's based on your money, and if you exhaust that, it's based on on the pool of money. So. It'll pay you for as long as as you live. You you cannot exhaust uh, the the income annuity or the fixed index annuity using an income option. Um, life insurance is very very effective uh, for income, uh, and you have to get past the uh, consumer reports idea. And it's as which is perfectly valid when you when you're newly married, you have young kids, you've got a big mortgage, you need to have uh, life insurance. Uh, in order to uh, take care of the family in the event of your premature death. But there are other reasons for life insurance uh, after the kids are gone and, and they're, they're on, their, on their own. And one of them is to generate uh, tax-free uh, income use, using a loan strategy. There are other ways to use life insurance, but, but that's a very, very uh, effective, and you don't have to worry about Roth limitations or, or, or talked about one-time taxes uh, on pension assets, on 401ks, on on, lim on capping out uh, Roth accounts. You don't have to worry about any of this. Uh, life insurance used to generate tax-free income is very, very uh, effective. Uh, you can also uh, invest uh, in in uh, ETFs. Uh, or uh, funds uh, that um, uh, funds are very effective here in that hold commercial real estate, not residential, but commercial real estate, and these have nice nice payout structures. Uh, if um, if if uh, these these can can pay out a nice amount of, of income and um, can get into that four percent, three four percent range, and and these can be used to augment. Uh, and now at this point, we're not looking at, at taxes. Obviously, there's Social Security that, that's in this mix as well. But we're not looking at taxes right now. We're just looking at how do you offset sequence of, of risk. Uh, the last point I would make is to use the reverse mortgage. And uh, the reverse mortgage will give you tax-free uh, income. And even if you uh, turn, turn the, the, um, the account on and off in the reverse mortgage, the account is going to grow faster uh, than any expenses that are involved. So uh, if you don't use it or you use it sparingly, you're going to find that it's possible for the equity account, that line of credit, to be worth more than the market value of your house. And the market value of, of houses, just like stock portfolios right now, are 100 percent uh, uh, dependent on inflation. Uh, for their for their growth, I mean, I've I've seen houses increase in value by forty percent. That's impossible. <laughs> that, that that has to be pure inflation. There's oh, no sure. Other reason, We're seeing it now, uh, aren't we? 
Oh, ab yeah, abso absolutely. I mean, I can't tell you how many. Oh, that's my daughter's that, dog. See, in the that, that, made, <laughs> that made the dog happier than when you were talking about the depression. Uh, I'm assuming I, I, the dog is a homeowner. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, there is a doghouse out, out, out in the backyard. That's what um, it is. Yeah, my 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 uh, my mini poodle likes to store his dog bones and stuff uh, in in there. But since my daughter's the dog's been visiting us for over a week, uh, she has managed to uh, gobble up uh -oh. all those bones. Uh -oh. So uh, I have to put some new ones uh, out there. <laughs> Uh, so that my dog does, so that my dog, my mini poodle doesn't get uh, get upset. That's why they're getting along fine, and that's uh, that's what I like. Uh, I don't I don't want them uh, biting at each other. Well, that's true. So that that work that'll work fine. Well, so you, I mean, you yeah, did go a, ahead, Dave. you did a great job. I mean, really pointing out a challenge, and that's a challenge anytime sequence of risk. But you also pointed options, solutions, how to mitigate. The risk, which is really good. I had a question for you, too, just going back to the history here a little bit. So you looked at some years where you had negative returns, and I think you said two, at least two-plus years. We looked at 29 to 32, 39 to 41, 73 to 74. Was that more about inflation and oil? Was that what all that was about? Yeah, um, yeah. it was. 2000 yeah. to 2002 was the dot-com bubble, yeah. but also 9-11. Is that right? Yes. With that. Yeah. And well, then how come you yeah. didn't you didn't have oh eight did it did some reason that didn't meet meet it wasn't a full two years or no. As that's what it was. Okay. No. Yeah, I mean we've uh, you know, the last couple of years we we, we will have a you know, a cor uh, what's called a correction. Uh you know, but but it's usually a in a month. Yeah. Like the month month October's August and October are ter are usually terrible months. And um September can can be good. Uh, October is terrible, and then November is okay. December, December the beginning of the month is good, and then later in the month you get people selling their positions out, you know, for tax loss harvesting. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, it's it kind of hard to know what's going to happen uh, this year. I mean, it is not impossible uh, for. Uh, it is possible. Let me put it this way: uh, for uh, Congress to to pass some tax bill and then make it retroactive, uh, it, the the um, the Democratic Party has done that before. It did it in 1963, uh, where they were in power and they and they um, passed it very late in the year and made it retroactive to the beginning of the year. So I won't say that this. Couldn't happen. It has happened before. I would hope that it wouldn't happen yeah. because it's very, very uh, unfair because you have no time uh, to plan or do anything. The fair thing would, would be to do it next year and to do it the way it's normally done, which is to date it the first day that the House Ways and Means Committee meets to discuss uh, the a, a tax law or a tax bill. And, and that has not been the case because Ways and Means has not has not met. This is, this is all coming out of the Speaker, uh, Speaker Pelosi's office. Well, the story and goes on. The story yeah, goes the on. Beat goes on. As the beat said. goes on. Sonny and Cher. Sonny and Cher. <laughs> That's right. Fred's on top of it, though, on this podcast. So stay with us because we're going to stay with it. Fred is, at least. 
and keep you on top of things right here, too. And, of course, also, too, just to mention, to get through retirement, to get the right strategies for your retirement planning, 800-593-8188. That's how you can reach Fred. Now, this would be about your retirement, not a broad look, uh, not a cookie-cutter approach, a custom look at your retirement strategies. 800-593-8188. Fred, great job. You're on top of it. We'll we'll continue. And we do hope that you like, share, rate, subscribe, and stay with us on this podcast, Money Matters USA. Investment advisory services offered through Money Matters USA, LLC. Fred Sade and his guests provide general information, not individually targeted personalized advice, and are not liable for the usage of information discussed. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles should not be considered investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell in any of these financial vehicles. This information should also not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to the securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are offered through Money Matters USA LLC. By contacting Money Matters USA, you may be provided information regarding the purchase of insurance products.